0: You know, when I started looking at the church and, you know, we're part of the church. We are the church. Every one of us in here are the church. God has given the keys to the kingdom to his church. He didn't give it to the government. He didn't give his keys to the great thinkers of this world. He didn't give it to the prestigious colleges of this world. He gave it to the church. He gave his power. All of his power to the church. That's us. We have the power of God. We can operate in the power of God. When we pray prayers, we're literally invoking the very power of God upon a situation. Prayers are not just conversations that we just think we're having. It's literally tapping in to the power and presence of God. You know, I look at in the book of Colossians, that's where we're going to be tonight. Paul wrote this letter while he was in shackles, while he was in prison. And I wonder how many of us here are in a dungeon in prison of despair tonight. That's the best place to begin praying. A lot of times in the Bible, when you see Paul, he's he's not in a good predicament, but he's calling on the presence of God, and God is doing things. Amen? Do you want others to be affected by your prayers? Do you want situations to change by, by, by offering prayers? Listen, God can't answer a prayer until it's prayed. God can do anything he wants, but he chooses to work through his children. He chooses to, to move on behalf of those that are calling, calling his name. What do you do if someone asks you to pray for them? How do you pray? Sometimes people say, I just don't know how to pray. The book of Colossians in chapter 1 verses 9 through 13, I believe lays out a very good prayer model. That you can pray for yourself, you can pray for others, you can pray for the church, you can pray for Christianity as a whole, you can pray for the government, you can pray for God to intervene on all of these situations. Let's, let's look at the, the verses. Chapter 1, verse 9. If you have a, have a copy of God's Word, you can turn there or it will be here on the screen. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with all knowledge of His will, through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully given thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share you to share in the inheritance of the saints and the kingdom of light. Amen. So the first point that I want to bring out tonight is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Asking God to fill you with knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I truly believe that the only way that you can really be happy in life, joyous in life, Having purpose in life is when you are doing and functioning in the will of God. I really believe that when we are on this earth, our job is to find what God wants us to do and then spend our life doing it. You know, this is something that I I pray for myself. I'm like, God, what do you want to do here? I'm always trying to stay in the Lord's will and as well as yourself. I hope that your desire is to walk in the will of God every day of your life. Not on Sundays or just Wednesdays, but every day. I'm, I'm making choices every single day that I'm gonna walk in the, in the presence of God, in the will of God. When I, when I'm praying for someone, if there's somebody that I'm praying for, my, my mindset is, Lord, I'm praying that you will show them their purpose. You know, when I think about family, I think about friends, I think about the church, I think about our, our nation as a whole, as a whole. I think that once people, when, the, when their spiritual eyes are open, you begin to live a life that will begin to fuel your soul, begin to fuel your spirit. But see, the thing is, people don't realize that they're not, they're not in the Lord's will. There's people that are walking around spiritually dead, Right? They're they're clueless to God. They don't understand the things of God. We know people that have their own ideas of God. But Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So I pray that. Lord, I'm praying right now that this person, that their soul and spirit would rise up from the ashes of sin, would rise up from the ashes of defeat. That they would rise up and begin to sense purpose. Ephesians 1.18 says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what the hope, what, what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glory inheritance in the saints? So we we pray that the eyes of the understanding would be open. God, what do you want to do in this person's life? if you have children, God, I'm praying that you would rise them up, God, that you would raise them up out of the power of their self-will, of their own desires, of their sinful ways. I'm asking that you would rise them up to righteousness. See, Proverbs fourteen thirty four says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteous living, righteous decisions, righteous power is what exalts a nation. And any people is Americans. We don't get a pass. Amen. We don't get a pass. Righteous living is what God desires of his creation. You know, I think about how everything is at a crossroads, so to speak. You see that tug of war for the soul of the, of, of the American people. And you see the soul of the church, you know, being wrestled back and forth. You see battle, be, trying to rage war, right? You, you've seen the last couple of years how it seems like the devil is trying to put his foot on the neck of the church. But the Bible says... That he has given us all power. He has given us all authority. That the gates of hell would not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. That's why I say I believe we are living in the most prominent powerful time now is the time for the church to get in line and to step up and say you know what I got issues we got issues but the goal at hand is the presentation of the gospel through word through deed through prayer through power the Bible says in Joel like I said earlier he is ready to pour out his spirit on all flesh amen I really want you to get that I wake up every morning So enthused, so happy that I know that this is the greatest time. this That's why the devil is fighting so hard. Persevere, keep going. Step in. When you pray, believe. When you ask God, believe, right? When you witness to someone, believe that that soul is being unlocked from the flesh and they are going to serve God. And walk in great and and mighty power. And come and link up with you who are already serving the Lord. We're building an army of saints, of believers. Not a terrorist organization, but a power organization that will give the world love and hope and perseverance. That's what we should want as a church. That's what we should want as people. That's what we should want. That's the goal. That's what Jesus came and lived his whole life for. You know, we we pray for, for our president. We pray for, for the members of the cabinet. God, I'm asking right now, regardless of where people are, I'm asking that you would have your way in that situation. We're lifting up our leaders as we have lifted up the leaders in the past. We We lift up the leaders and we ask them to make righteous decisions, righteous judgments. We when we pray for someone, God, I'm asking that you would allow this person to see righteousness, that they would operate in righteousness, that they would do the right things for ourselves. It starts with us. God, I'm asking that every decision that I make would would honor you, would 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 further the gospel, would further your name, would further your kingdom. See, it flows out of who we are, but it flows out of our dedication. We can get sidetracked, go into the ditch and start wanting to do our own thing. We got to recalibrate and come back. That's what's so good about prayer and fasting. It throws everything aside, including our stomachs. (laughs) And we say, God, what do you want to do? I'm all ears. Is that how you feel tonight? Do you feel like, God, I'm all ears. I have requests. I'm asking you for things. But you know what? I'm trusting that you're going to do exactly what you want to do because you're Lord and you're sovereign. And I'm thanking you that I get to be a part. I get to walk in your might. I get to walk in your power. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, are you excited tonight? Yeah. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to go- do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. God created things for you to do. You were born, and God is trying to woo you to get into the plan and purpose that he has. Because when you do that, the light bulb will go off. Your soul and spirit will soar in this life, and you will find purpose purpose. Listen, I love sitting with people when, when we discuss things, you know, like they just, you know, in a bind or. And when you begin to tell them, Man, Jesus can remove that from you. And when you start to see the scales go off, there is no better reward than seeing what you believe come to life in someone else's life. That is amazing. That, we live every day for that. But what happens is we get clogged up with the cares and worries of this life. We get care, with our kingdom. We get, we get worried about our little ant pile. Our little part in life. When, when we need to do is say, God, what do you want to do in, let's see how it fits here. Because this is not my preference. Your kingdom is my preference. When I go to the grocery store, I'm not just there to find ramen noodles. I don't eat that, be honest with you. <laughs> That's disgusting. But when I go there, I'm thinking in myself and I'm seeing people and I'm seeing situations and I'm saying, God, deal with them. Talk with them. Show that. And you see people's face. I mean, I know people that are walking through the most horrible things and my heart breaks for them because I'm seeing that God can invade that situation and change it. But they just, they don't want to hear. They don't want to see. They just, well, I'm going to keep doing it this way. It's like, no. God has so much better for you. He has so much better for you. We serve a powerful God. Words are not good enough for me to share this tonight. I'm, I just have this sense in my soul. That this is, this is not the norm. We are going into a season of power and might and grace that we have never seen before. I believe that. I believe 2017 is going to be different. Listen, I have been through battle after battle and, and through all of these years. And I'm just deciding to say, God, no matter what has happened in the past, this is a great opportunity for you to show off right? Praise God. God's going to do some things. And I believe if you open yourself up and cast the weariness and disappointments aside and say, God, I've been, I've been let down in the past. There's some things that didn't work out like I want. Take that, throw it to the side and say, but God, I know that everything that I went through, you've used To give me the power that I need to go through 2017 and beyond. That's what we need. We have been able to identify with pain through this time. So we can show healing to others. Point point number two. I need to hurry up. Christ-like behavior. Colossians 1.10, and we pray this in order that we may live a life worthy of the Lord, that we may please Him in every way. Do we desire to please God in every way? Man, I fall short so many times throughout the day. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with just falling short? Oh, this is just how it is. No, and it's not condemnation. It's not one of these. It's just... a love for Jesus. I just want to please you. I'm so grateful. You know, I think of the scene with, with Jesus and Barabbas. We were Barabbas. We should have been tossed aside. We should have been crucified. But Jesus took that upon himself. That's the greatest news that we can hear. He took our place. So we serve God not out of religious activity or bondage. We serve God out of gratitude, and it never gets old. Don't get in the ditch of religion. I'm telling you, you get in the ditch of religion, you start to get frustrated and aggravated, and you become powerless, and the devil comes, and he just tells you, you see, all this is pointless. God is not using anything in your life. You're in a ditch. You're going to stay in a ditch because God is mad at you. And then he wants to heap condemnation and try to bury you in that ditch. But Jesus Christ came that we could come out of that ditch. And he moves all the dirt out of the way. And he says, rise up, my child. I have great and mighty things for you to do. And that happens every time we go in the ditch. Every time we mess up, we crawling around. And Satan's like, boy, God's mad at you. I'll just talk to him. Boy, he's, he's furious with you. I think he's done. He was done with me, but I think he's really done with you. And then we start buying into it. We walk around in a life full of condemnation. We see sick people walking by. We see people that need the gospel. We don't feel worthy to present it. We don't feel worthy to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover because we didn't walk extra holy for 10 hours instead of five hours. Right? (laughs) Some of y'all know that's right. (laughs) It's like we fall and we did good for two days, but then we feel like, Oh, I got to at least get to three days now, right? But what if a sick person comes up to you within those two days? See, God in his sovereignty and in majesty knew we would do that. He knew we would fall. But the good thing about one of the things I love about God is that he gives us a book of expectations, right? But then he gives us the ability and power and joy to fulfill those words. Don't you, don't you, or do you feel like it's burdensome? It's not burdensome. God's trying to keep you out the ditch, trying to keep me out the ditch. God gives us his word so we can know how to think, so we can know how to act, so we can know how to expect. Amen. Come on, we need to expect some things to go right in the church, in our lives, in our families. Come on, shake off the dust of disappointment. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know disappointment. I know disappointment. I know pain and hurt and sorrow. But I'm telling you, turn that around and let that just be the joy and the power that you expect God to do things in your life. Listen, If you just go off of my experience, I don't have a a lot to pull from. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's it's, it's true. (laughs) But that's where the expectation comes. It comes in the disappointments. I'm telling you, how many of you have been disappointed before in this life? Let that fuel you. Listen, you want God to use you? Find the pain. More, more as a, as a closer target, find the pain that you went through and go to that pain and you watch God raise that situation up. You watch God, you watch God do what God can do. He is the God of all hope, all power, all might. There is no situation that God cannot deal with and fix none. There's none. What is it that? You, what is the biggest thing in your life that you say, God, I don't know if you can do this? Take that thing to God and say, God, I come boldly to the throne of grace during my time of need. This is my need right here. And I'm expecting you, God, to have your way, have what you want to do. And God, I'm asking that you would use this situation for your glory and work it out for my good. And then stand and believe and be still. Lay on the ground and say, God, thank you. I don't have to worry about this situation anymore. I don't have to be disappointed about this situation anymore because you are my God. You are my father. And I know that you're going to work it out because you are my God. You are my Lord. You are my master. Come on. Do you feel it tonight? (sighs) Going from Baptist to Pentecostal tonight. I love both. So we start, we live a life. Listen, our life is either pulling people to the, to the Lord or it's furthering their excuse to not serve the Lord. So I want to remove that stumbling block because I, I truly believe, church, with all my heart, that Jesus is the most amazing person. I, I can't wait to, to be in heaven and be at the feet of Jesus and just sit there. Amen. Amen. Like sit there and, and, and I'll know all the pain and all the things that, that, that I've, we've gone through and, and there will be nothing better than it all making sense. And then I believe when I get up from that, Jesus will, will say, look at these sea of people. Look at the, Look at this situation. Remember this person? Do you not know that the very thing that you were going through was the very life raft that that person grabbed a hold on, a hold to and sailed into glory? That's what we, that's what we get to be a part of. We get to be a part of the Lord using us, blessing us, empowering us. Amen. I'm gonna get through this. Number three, effective, fruitful work. Bearing every good work. This is Paul's third desire that he prayed that the church at Colossian, Colossi, would be fruitful in every good work. You know we live in a selfie society. If you look in Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through five, you'll see that that's life today. Men will be lovers of self, uh, boastful, proud, arrogant, revilers, haters of the truth. All of these things that we see on a daily basis. That's not a fruitful work. But God has called us to be fruit, do fruitful work in the spite of what's going on. You know, Jesus walked in a society much like that without Instagram, without Facebook, without all these things. But he still walked pleasing to the Lord. And, you know, I always, I was thinking about when we stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. And it's always like this. Oh, judgment. I I look at judgment as that will be a gift to the Lord on that day. You know, I believe when God's going to take all of our things and and he's going to put it in the fire, the Bible says, and it'll be like wood, hay and stubble, right? I know I was thinking about this today. I don't want it to have a selfie stick (laughs) or a ladder or my kingdom, my calendar, my agenda. You know, because when I think about this and I think of every tear that has been shed, that would be like a precious diamond to the Lord that I can say, Lord, you saw what I went through and and you got me through that. Every brick that we build here for his kingdom will be like a beautiful block of gold that we'll be able to throw at the feet of Jesus. Every time we got knocked down and got up, it'll be, we'll be able to say, you know how I got up, Lord? Uh, he knows everything. I got up because your power never failed me. Your power never failed me. Every time that I felt like, what am I going to do now? You showed up. You showed up. You picked me up. You dusted me off. And you gave me the power and might and strength that I needed. And on top of that, you made me more than a conqueror because now you allowed me to share with someone else. And they came out of it. So that'll be something else. And then this person may come walking by and you're like, there he is. There she is. And it'll be just this time of being able to lavish love on our master. Don't look at judgment as like, oh, man. Take, live this life right now saying, you know what? I'm not building no crown for me. I'm not, I'm not worrying about all these things. I'm going to give the Lord everything that I possibly am now. That way when I sit there at his feet, I will be able to look at him and see the smile on his face. And you will bust from glory to glory out of your soul and spirit. And it will be the most amazing time. Don't you love giving your children gifts and watching their little faces shine, light up? Don't you love giving your wife a gift? <laughs> trying to think what they like actually, purse. And don't you just like? Oh, thank you. I pray. Think of Jesus, and we're giving Him, Lord. This is what You gave me to do. Here, and He. So live your life not out of fear. Live your life saying, "You know what? I cannot wait to lavish the Lord." with gifts. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that he has planted eternity in, in, in the human heart. So when we pray for ourselves, God, let me see eternity. When we pray for someone else, Lord, I'm asking that they would they would get a vision of what eternity is like. What what really matters is living for an eternal purpose. Lord, as a church, we're praying that you would keep us on the eternal. That you would keep our minds knowing that even though things take time, right? We have time. Well, I don't know if I can give this much time. Give that time. Because you will be rewarded by the timeless one. Amen? And as a church... We, we we plow, we go, we go where darkness is. We, we step out, we pull people out of ditches. We shine the light on darkness and we watch them come out and then they link up with the church and they become a mighty army and we keep walking forward. And you know what that's making the Lord do? Smile, smile. The gates of hell will not prevail over us. I can promise you that because Jesus has said it. Number four, a desire to grow in the knowledge of who God is. This is something that I really, the more I get to know, it, like get to know more of God. You know, when you think about it, when you come in here, sometimes it's just a horrible day. You had a horrible week. You're going through situations in this life and they're horrible. Listen, I used to sit right here and I remember coming in here my heart would be broken, smashed. It took everything I had to get out of bed and to come here. And you know what the Lord did? He used some of you to come alongside. And situations didn't change, but my perspective changed. And that's what you and I get to do. That's what you and I get to be a part of. I haven't seen God use many of you mightily. And when you do that, And and get used by the Lord to do great and mighty things. Number one, it causes faith to rise up, right? When you see someone else on the side of you, you see what they're doing. It causes faith to rise up in you. Because you're seeing the manifestation and the power of God. Think about when you enter into worship. Worship is the tangible, right? You feel God. You know, when you read his word, you see the word and you're like, man, this is amazing. But when you come into his presence and you worship, you're feeling the spirit behind the word. And then when you see tears rolling down people's face, you're seeing God move in their life. You're seeing it. People say, well, I just don't know if I believe in God. Open your eyes. The time of defending the Bible are over. I mean, really, we're seeing things in Matthew. We're seeing things in Ezekiel come to life and jumping on the newspaper. We, we're, I'm telling you, we're living in the most exciting time. I don't know if you understand that. When we read the, the end time in, in the book of Revelation and all these things, that's us. That's us. Like the end of the book of Acts, it doesn't end. We're, we're going to walk into that power. We're going to walk into that might. You and I get the ability to be part of that. That should excite us. And then prayer and communication. That's another way that we get to know God. We pray. We say, God, this is what I like. And I know it's not right. Right? But I want you to give me the desire and the power to get out of this thing, you know, when I first got saved, I had a horrible appetite for things that wasn't good, doing things that wasn't good, and I remember praying, God, you, like I drank a lot. I, I I was drank, and I would read the Bible and drink. <laughs> I'd get wasted and be like, "Oh, the Bible is amazing." It's <laughs> true, but I remember saying. You know, getting bombed and all that. I remember being like, God, I don't want to get drunk anymore. I don't want to get wasted anymore. I want a love for your word. And God did that. He gave me that. And so we, all we have to do is ask. You know, I think of our appetites. We got appetites that we've accrued. Nathan, is that a word, accrued? Okay. So, <laughs> Sometimes we say these words and I'm like, I don't know if that's really a word sound like a word, but we get these appetites and then we get saved and they're still there. They're latched on, right? And we like, God, I don't want this. And we're trying to kick it off and shake it off. But I would just pray, God, give me a distaste for this. Lord, make, make this sick to me. You know, I don't eat ribs today because, and I, I probably told you this before, but one night I was at Chili's and it was real late, and I ate some ribs, and the next morning, I wasn't feeling good, stomach issues, I don't like ribs to this day. That's an example of your appetite changing. In other words, like, I don't want ribs anymore. <laughs> That's an example. <laughs> but I'm saying, you'll begin to sense, like, God, God wants me to do this instead of this. God wants me to be around these people instead of these people. And then, you know what? God doesn't say, you better do this and that. He gives you the desires to do that. Listen, some of the people in this church are my greatest friends ever. And it it happened at a time when I really had to let go of the people that were like, man, that's cool, but come see. Man, that's, I appreciate it. Man, that's good, but come see. There came a point when I said, you know what, God, you are more than that and I need you more. Now, God didn't say, now get away from those people. There was just some things that I, as I started moving towards the Lord, I started to feel his presence. And I'm sorry, my friend, it's nothing compared to the power and presence of the Lord. Amen. And then eventually, you start to want to live your life with that. So I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that Christianity is not some burdensome thing. If you are serving the Lord, it's the greatest thing ever. It, it really is. I'm not, I'm not just telling you that. It really is the greatest thing ever. So I really want to encourage you. Press in the God. Press in to God with all that you are, with all that you have. And number five, power, endurance, and patience. Colossians 1, 11 through 12, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully given thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Listen, this is where we lose people. Patience and endurance. But listen, If you have patience and endurance, you will see the hand of God like never before. If you can push through the disappointments, push through the weariness, push through the times when you don't understand, when you're just sitting in a pile of ash and saying, God, nothing's working out like I wanted. God will say exactly. I have so much better. Now get up. Let me get this dust off of you and come over here. Amen. Amen. That's true. That really will happen. But it comes through surrender. It comes through saying, God, I see what you're doing here. And I may not understand it, but I'm going to press in. I'm going to lean into exactly what you want to do. And I'm going to stay there while the storm is blazing, while the fire is going. And I'm going to stay and I'm going to hold on. And when, when you do that, you're going to get power, endurance, anointing. Come on, you need the anointing. I need the anointing. The anointing of God is amazing. Don't you just love being in his presence? I know I got to end It's 754. (laughs) Don't you just love being in the presence of God and you just sense his power, right? You just sense his power. And then you got somebody that you brought with you and you're like, boy, there's no way this person don't sense his power. You ever been in a room when God's just moving and you feel it all over the place? All over the place. I want to encourage you as we stand. I skipped a lot of stuff. But I just, man, I love you tonight. And I'm I'm just telling you, this has been rolling around in me all day. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Fall in love with Jesus again. Through all this time. Listen, I know we've experienced some stuff. I know some, you know, some situations in here. But take that as teaching moments. Take that as... That's time when you didn't understand, but you saw God because you're still here. You're still going and fall in love with the Lord again. Not religion, joy, peace, right? So I want to pray for you tonight. You might be here and you might say, man, I don't know anything uh, about the Lord, but man, I I want what you were talking about. I just want to see your hand. I'm just going to pray for you really quickly. I'm I'm sure it's a Wednesday night prayer meeting. A lot of people in here are serving the Lord, but I don't want to close this out without without taking the time for you to make the best decision you can possibly make. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Now I want to pray for you here. We're in the third week, right? How many of you have been sensing God doing some great and amazing things in your life? Amen. Isn't God faithful? How many of you still need God to do some things? I'm talking you like, God, please, let's just go to the Lord. Father, we just come right now. God, you see the desire of of every child of yours that that is here. God, I'm asking that you would just be Lord of that situation. Come on, I see smiles on your faces. I know that you're believing. I know that God is touching you. I know that God is changing some things. Come on, I want you to just stand in awe of God. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. He's God of your circumstance. That situation that you have in your heart and in your hand, bring it to God and say, God, I'm going to be still and I'm going to watch You change this situation. I'm going to watch power and endurance rise up on the inside of me. And God, I'm asking once I'm delivered from this situation that you would use this thing to change the lives of the people I come in contact with. Come on, ask God for a greater passion tonight. God, I want passion like never before. I'm going to dry up if I'm just stuck in religion. Right? Come on, cast that aside. God move mightily in my life start with me God give me a heart for you God give me that desire to sit at your feet and worship you father I thank you right now that everything that is needed here God will be met I declare that right now by faith come on I don't know if you have the faith to believe but I'm gonna try to have faith for you we're gonna stand with you come on is that right church grab the hand of the person next to you and let's just tell God, God, I'm standing. Come on, say it, say it like you ate breakfast. Well, you probably didn't eat breakfast if you fasted. Say, God, I'm standing. I'm expecting. I'm thanking you in advance. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I thank you that you are going to do great and mighty things with my brother, with my sister, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, if you have any needs tonight, any prayer that you like to pray will be up here. We love you. Keep going in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen.